This is Thomas DePolo. This is Max. This is Kevin Ham. Hey, this is Jake Cook. Hi, this is William Roy. You're listening to The Green Box. So I ran three games for Gen Con Online. Gen Con Online is the replacement for Gen Con, which didn't happen this year because uh, of, of disease. And the Gen Con Online experience is like this. Um, Arc Dream said, you know, Arc Dream was pushing Gen Con Online super hard because um, I think there were some developers that didn't give a shit. And that's why there was no Eclipse phase, no Mothership, no... Unknown armies, no base raiders, none of that stuff. Um, but there was lots of Delta Green games, and that's because Arc Dream was was super pumped for Gen Con Online, and so they did a series of rewards as they do. But I think they actually knocked the tiers down a little bit, like the um, the whiskey goblet from Club Apocalypse was a four stack, but now it's a three stack, um, and so. I was, you know, like three games is fine with me. So I do the red do event registration, which is more or less the same as regular ass Gen Con. And so I do three games. I do um, home fires, which is a scenario about a, a kidnapping a guy from a cruise ship that gets attacked by deep ones and pirates and stuff. And then there's one called blood pus and vinegar, which is about a strange monastery. And during the Spanish civil war or uh, not a monastery, a, uh, a nunnery, and you can play it as the uh, you can play either either as the fascist or as the the loyalists. And there's a bunch of different var- variations depending on how long you want the scenario to take. And then the last one I ran was Who Killed the Case Officer, which is a shorter mystery scenario about finding out who killed the case officer. And so I do event reg, and then they pu- they push um, the events and. Uh, there's a couple of three things about this that, that, that happened. First of all, the absolute 200 IQ brain genius who was doing their event reg shoots me an email and says, Hey, you can't say it's Delta green standalone. You have to say it's Delta green first edition or second edition. And I'm thinking that doesn't make any, yeah, there's no Delta green doesn't have number editions. You're, you're being very pedantic, but you're also just wrong. But I was like, okay, there's no, there's no victory to be had here by fucking arguing with this, with this man. It's like arguing with a, a, a deli guy at the deli counter. So I, I yeah, say, you can okay. argue either way too. Like, I say, like, technically wrong is the worst kind of wrong. Right. Like yeah. I don't, I don't mind people being, you know, pedantic, and I don't mind them being wrong, but being both is a little irritating. Anyways, so I, I, I schedule my thing as, as first edition because fuck it, that's technically correct. But the funny thing was, this didn't happen to me, but this other guy, I think it was JDOS, got an email from someone saying, "Hey, is this the '90s Delta Green?" Because I'm super hyped to play the '90s Delta Green. And he was like, "No, they, they told us it had to be a numbered edition, and second edition wouldn't have made sense." But, anyways, the that is a, a minor crime compared to what they did next, which is that. Uh, they put the events up and they fucking doxed everyone who submitted. So if you submitted an event to Gen Con online, they published your real name alongside with your email because they're idiots, just absolute fucking morons. I mean, for a, for like a huge convention with like a full time staff, they really are fucking circus set show. Yeah, um, I'm being harsh because I think that was a really bad thing for them to do, and I think they deserve 100. Yeah, I mean, they, they deserve all the mockery of that. 
we talked about them being an amateur hour before though so yeah well, but like it, it's gone from dumb shit to actively harmful Listen, yeah. I'm being harsh because I gave them a chance to do better, and they they scoffed. So fuck them. If you're listening to this and you work with Jenkot and want to make it better, you know how to get in touch with me. Anyway, I'm here to help. Yeah. Uh, so that all that all goes down. Um, well, Max, I have a question for you. Yeah. Uh, like last year, you were. Um, I remember you were really excited and enthused and uh, pleased with the players that you had in your Jake I'm, get, Jake I'm getting there I'm, I'm oh, spinning okay. a narrative that will eventually answer the question that you're asking okay yeah I was just going to see what your experiences were like with so, it online this year so um so we do event reg and the first heat of delta green events fills up very quickly and then all the ones that get posted after that take a lot longer which usually with usually with gen con stuff fills up instantly and I think it's because there was just general in general less uh less buzz about this one less enthusiasm among the player base Etc. But eventually, but but um, I think most of the events did end up filling up. There was a dude who ran a bunch of games in Portuguese, and I don't think he got a full stack because I I don't know what the the Portuguese slash Brazilian Delta Green fandom is like. He may he may have he may have been able to run all of his games full. I I don't know, but I remember that being a, a something that that we noticed. Uh, it was fun looking at the event signups and seeing how many people from uh, the Night at the Opera Discord were there and. The so they, there were a couple people who ran games that I'd written. There was a couple people who ran games that Jake wrote. There were a few people who ran games that Kevin ran, uh, Kevin wrote, and then there was a couple people who ran games that Will wrote. So there was Stop Repo and I think um, Spider based scenario that Jake made, and then there was the Button and the God Under the Mountain. Well, I mean, recipe for success. If you want to run a successful con game, run one that's run a shotgun scenario contest, right, Kevin? Yeah, exactly. They're designed, you know, they, they, they fit that very well. The, I was surprised at how many people, I assume the overlap between people running and playing games and people already part of the Night at the Opera Discord was going to be much higher. It seems like we got a bunch. It seems like a lot of people joined the Discord because they had a game run for them and someone said, hey, come check out the Discord, which is awesome. Yes, uh, we'll, we'll get there. Um, the So the next thing that happens is... Um, so there, there's like some churn as people drop out and sign up over the next couple weeks or so. And they send communications like, hey, make sure to, to put the link to your disc. Because this Gen Con Online, they didn't, they didn't like monitor what platforms people use. You just choose your own. So I was just doing everything through Discord. In, in reality, I like to do Discord in Roll20. But I didn't want to say you have to have two pieces of software, have two accounts, because I didn't know what level of experience people would have. And I didn't want to make people do all that stuff so I, I just like whatever we'll just do it all through discord and it just won't have music which is a shame but we'll, we'll deal with it and uh so we get through that and uh send out the messages and then um they like send out an email to like invite people to the official gen con discord which is i don't know it felt super sterile and flavorless maybe i was in the wrong channels but it was like here's a whole lot of discussion that just feels like a bunch of um I, re I really don't want to do like the NPC meme, but whenever I see like marketing personnel, that's what I think of. Anyway, they should have um, taken those resources and devoted them to not publishing people's real names alongside their emails. Anyway, uh, that's all well and good. And by well and good, I mean it's fine. Uh, Gen Con Discord, uh, it, the reason why I'm even bothering to bring this up is that it'll come up in a second when we talk about um, actually running the games. So the thing about running the games is that uh, as with anything, you're going to get no shows. And at Gen Con, this is this is some context for people who haven't 
done Gen Con. At Gen Con in real life, what happens is you take signups for your games, you go to the room, and you wait for those people to show up at your table. And then after a certain amount of time, if you're missing people, there'll usually be some people floating around with gener- with what's called a generic ticket. And that's just a, a ticket that's equivalent to the cash value of signing up for the game that you're running. So if you don't have all your seats filled, or if you have your seats filled, but there's a no-show, you can just grab someone because there's always people there ready to play some Delta Green because it's generally pretty popular at Gen Con. And I'm, I'm sure this is also true of other games. But the way they do it at Gen Con Online is that um, you they want you, if you have no-shows, to advertise on the Gen Con Discord and then like get someone to go through the online ticketing interface and buy by the way attending attending a gen con online game costs two dollars i don't i don't know what the money goes towards i just know that that's that's there i think i presume it's so that they can pay all of the full-time staff that they use to send pedantic emails and reveal pedantic email addresses anyway um that that i'm going to stop kvetching about that and complain about this instead the issue here is that um when you when you're like running a game online uh, you don't know that you have a no-show until 15 minutes after the game starts, roughly. So you don't know that someone's not going to arrive until they don't arrive. And at that point, it's like, all right, so here's here's what I could do. I could go on the Discord, put up an ad saying, hey, if you're interested, you can join this and go through this virtual ticketing interface, make this circuitous process to then come into this Discord and play a game with me. And that's after you're already 15 minutes behind schedule at a thing where you're still like, I got to introduce people to the rules. I got to get this narrow rolling. I only got four hour time slot because um, Arc Dream requested that we do uh, keep everything to four hours and that we do four players instead of five, which the usual stack is five. But I think that generally it's better to do four online. The basic problem is that four players quickly becomes three or two. And when you get down, so so you can't like overbook. Anyways, so effectively there's the system for filling the empty slots is like inconvenient and time consuming plus when people do no shows sometimes they drop out sometimes they 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 will like surrender their seat sometimes they don't sometimes they just never show up so they're not going into the gen con interface and freeing up that ticket slot so that means that other people just can't sign up for it and i don't know if you can like boot people but uh i think what i heard people did is that they just said fuck it you know i've already given gen con my pound of flesh and they just sent out invites on their own personal social networks to fill empty seats, or they just went and just ran the games with the players they had, which is what I did. So in my game, this is, this is the part where we'll talk about the players. Uh, in my game, Home Fires, I got two people out of four slots. And in my game, uh, Blood Puss and Vinegar got three out of four. And finally, in Who Killed the Case Officer, got four out of four. And I had a little trepidation about Gen Con Online because I wasn't sure that I was going to get the same level of um, excitement and enthusiasm and so on, which, you know, the energy that makes you want to run games. But I was, uh, I won't say blown away, but I was very happy with all the players that I had. I think that they, they all, the, the, what was interesting though, is that the level of Delta Green pre-knowledge, I think was generally higher with this crowd than it was at um, real life Gen Con. At real life Gen Con, I don't think I ever played with anyone who, had um read or played the new game i interacted with people who had read the 90s version but with this one i did get several people who were more experienced and the people who weren't experienced were um at least moderately knowledgeable i got one person i think one or two people who had listened to this podcast before which i thought was fun 
and uh, overall had a great time. Uh, they did a good job. We had, um, uh, I think, I think that the the first one went for the full four hours. The second one went a little less, and then the third one went for the full four hours. I'm glad, I think I'm glad I think, you enjoyed it. I think the reason you probably got less, I think the reason you get more inexperienced people at Gen Con in person is just, there's so many people there for so many millions of reasons that they just grab what they can. Whereas online, like you had to like want to play Delta Green to to like go through the extra hoops to sign up for Gen Con online. So the main thing for me that was a disappointment, um, besides all the stuff that I just complained about, you know, the petty logistical stuff, uh, the thing that I was less happy with is I think I already mentioned that um, at this year's Gen Con online, there weren't really any games that I wanted to try. Like it was kind of like, like Delta Green's great, but I've already played Delta Green. Call of Cthulhu, same deal. Uh, there was lots of fifth edition, lots of Pathfinder, but that's ironic. There's a lot of fifth edition. The games like <laughs> the games I want to play, you know, uh, Unknown Armies, Base Raiders, um, the stuff that that you you know you think, oh, someone's running this, and they've gone out of their way to make this a like the best possible showing of the experience that they can. It wasn't really much of that of things that I was interested in. I do know that Pelgrane was running some Fall of Delta Green, which is probably pretty cool because as much as I don't love that game, all I've, all I've heard is how great the um, scenarios are. Like the, the free RPG scenario day is supposed to be really good. So I, I expected to see more Delta Green, like an archery post running games. Because I know when they're at Gen Con, there's so many things to do. The men in the booth, they're doing interviews with idiots like us that they're all over the place they have no time but when, now it's like man i i would have loved to have seen more like classic you know classic glancy scenarios or debt willer you know total party yeah. kill, et cetera. so that, i think is a missed opportunity but i guess my million dollar question is next year gen con is is in person and they offer an online option and for, say man, i want to well, i guess what would you prefer i think i know the answer to that but if you for some reason couldn't go to the in-person gen con you had a conflict. Would you do online again in the um, future? I wish you hadn't done that last line because I was going to do a super funny gag. But uh, just do it until Will edit around it. Okay. Yeah. An online Gen Con? Fuck that. Probably got no games. Yeah. No. Uh, I would do an online Gen Con if I couldn't do real Gen Con, and but I prefer real Gen Con. Yeah, yeah that's so I, one of the reasons why I didn't want to play. I it wonder online. if they like. I know a lot. Of, a lot of people like the online. Um, like some of the online vendors and stuff, but I know, like I, I just don't see them putting any effort into Gen Con online next year if Gen Con is in person next year. So, so it feels like so kind of a one-off. Like they actually, um, this was in a survey that they sent out to everyone afterwards. They sent a survey out, and the survey first is like, "Hey, what is your level of awareness of like Gen Con TV and like the House of Mirrors and all this other shit?" And I was like, "I don't know anything about that." Yeah. <laughs> Because oh, so Kevin, you were complaining earlier that there was no. Uh, is it the Kevin or Jake who was upset was that there was no like yeah. virtual event hall? There apparently totally was, and we just missed it. Like, um, if I had known there was a vendor hall, I would have checked. Well, there was out. a looking glass, yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, that's the one. Uh, it's not the same, I understand, but you know, it's there. Uh, but the other, the other thing was like, hey, what you know, would you do this instead of regular Gen Con, or would you only do it because there is no regular Gen Con? And my thinking was, my, my response was, I would prefer real Gen Con, but if this is the only thing, then I'll do this. So I, I attended a conference for professionally uh, earlier uh, in, in July, and the 
freaking blew me away. A virtual conference, you know, usually they do it in person every year, but they couldn't this year. Obviously, one of the things that was really fantastic, and I feel like maybe with Gen Con Online, it was like they, they could have done this clearly because the system existed, you know, a month before, um, was you could, any product from this company you want or any vendor at this company, you, you go to this webpage and you, f- you see the virtual, you know, hall, right? And when you click on like a booth and learn, you get basic information, you know, watch any promotional materials they have. But if you wanted to, you could hit a button and it would basically dump you into a Zoom call with the people manning the booth. So you get that like interaction, hey, what's going on? Tell me about this. What is this to? And with Gen Con, there's that extra level of like, you could even dump into like a, into like a virtual demo of the game. And there's a huge opportunity there for things that have that level of technology, because some, which some games do. I feel like that's a big miss. Because it worked really well with uh, the conference I went to. Yeah, I really i uh, i was thought about writing stuff at Gen Con. I just have to like when I go to Gen Con, I'm not doing anything else for that weekend, so I can focus on Gen Con. But I just had this was just another weekend uh, at work, and I had to do some other stuff. I just I didn't have the time to dedicate to it, so it just kind of wish you know wish by and is what it is. Oh, you want do you want me to tell like a, a really petty story that casts me as the hero in a moral drama? Yeah. So all, all of your Most of my stories cast me as the villain. That's why they're good. <laughs> but this one is different. Um I'm the aggrieved party in this one. Okay. Uh, so um I was so this last day of Gen Con online and I'm thinking uh, hey, last time I was at uh, the grocery store, not not like a regular grocery store, but like the one across town. Um, it's they had the, a beer from Sun King, which is an Indiana brewery that does the Gen Con beer every year. And it's probably not going to be the Gen Con beer, but I'll you know I'll go get it anyways because I'm not a beer anyways. So I, I go and, and so this earlier in the day, so I walk over there because um, you know it's I, I haven't gone outside today, and so I want to go outside and, and walk somewhere. So I go over there and I, I get the thing out of the case and I go up to the front desk. Um, front desk the uh the checkout counter and so the dude's like hey you got to take your mask off so i can check your id and i'm like absolutely not he's like well then we can't yeah, say the beer are you kidding? yeah and then i turn so i so i was like okay and i turn and walk out the store because i'm not taking my mask off and i understand that it's not a big deal and that probably wouldn't instantly kill me but they had signs all over the place saying you must wear a mask while you're in the store so i guess they fear the washington state liquor control board more than they fear death Max, this is the exact opposite scenario that's playing out like all across America. Right? Like, like, <laughs> like, like, I was like, this, this is an odd. And so I, I wasn't gonna argue with them because, like, um, even if they are being dicks, you generally, yeah, you generally shouldn't like abuse service workers. Right. And it's not like I was gonna win that argument. And there are people behind me, and so I was just like, you know what? I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna go to a different store because there's plenty of within walking distance, and. I didn't get the Gen, the, Gen Con beer. I didn't get the Sun King beer, which is, you know, a real fucking tragedy. But like, yeah, it was, it was a, it was a surreal thing because, um, I guess, I guess I was the, like a, it's like, it's like a, um, is this, is this what goes through the head of like every Karen when they get into these, into these situations? <laughs> like, like this is, this is the situation where you're in like this curb your enthusiasm style, like petty disagreement, but, but you can't let it go. Anyways, I, I I just thought it was a funny story, and so that's why I'm telling it. Um, I went I went to a um, just the liquor store that's down the street from my apartment, and I ended up buying a different beer instead, which I have no point of comparison with the with the hypothetical beer that I didn't get. But this one's all right. It's called Johnny Utah, and it is by Georgetown Brewing. It two? Give me two. I don't know who Johnny Utah is. Oh, Utah! Oh, no, Utah. Give me two. 
it's uh he's the main character of the fantastic movie point break ah. yeah. well um it's pretty good it's 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 a little bit i think you'd like it kevin because you keep saying oh i want an ipa that is not um just hops but is more like pine needles i want hoppy but not bitter and i want to drink a pine tree yep um this one's drink probably a pine tree. i love it this one's probably more bitter than you would like but it has a strong pine needles Anyways, that is my very petty and moderately amusing story. Good story. Yeah. I heard your story. Revenge. Good story. Your revenge was just taking your money somewhere else. I mean, I mean, like, it's not revenge on, like, anyone, really, because it's not it's, it's like <laughs> they're talking paid on, they're not paid on commission. They don't get tips. They're grocery store workers. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, that is what I had to, to, to say about Gen Con online. Um, it was logistically like less of a pain than real Gen Con, obviously, because I didn't have to fly across the country. Financially easier. Huh? Financially much easier. Yeah. See, um, I, I couldn't justify using my hard earned vacation leave for a bunch of online games, which I can do for well, free any other day of the week. I had, I had all this vacation time to piss away. Cause I didn't go to Gen Con. I was planning on visiting my, um, grandparents for once in my fucking life and then uh, this thing happened and that well not anymore probably partially because of uh this but also because my grandfather died in the intermediate oh, period sorry and uh my in my mouth. no i think i think it was a good it was a good um like you know how's your wife dead same as last year Oof. anyways uh, yeah. um I've, I've i'm being glib about it because i'm almost positive i've done this bit on the show already but if not um yeah, I have lots of vacation time because ain't a whole lot of shit going on around here. I actually just lost six days of vacation time, and I'm being exceptionally petty about it. And that now I'm meticulously tracking my time, and and every time I'm like I'm like, you know what, it's the middle of the day. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna play a round of Hell That Loose. I make sure to like tick it off. Like gonna get a collect a paycheck for that. Took off the hour. I get back there. Huh. It was the same thing you're doing before, but now you're you're now you're, <laughs> now fighting, you're fighting a blow against the man. <laughs> exactly. Now it's righteous. Today on Greenbox, we're thinking about what can you do outside the scenario to make the scenario better. Things like handouts props, and other things that affect the real world, but can be used to immerse the players in the world of the game. Because I got an idea, but I'm going to let you guys go first. Because I know that you guys have used handouts and props and so on. I'm going to steal a low-hanging fruit, and probably the fruit of Will, and say music. Having a soundtrack can set the tone and increase how things are going. Uh, if you have that option, I will happily let you steal that fruit because um, we I, already beat that dead horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've talked I'm, about. It. I just wanted to kind of get it out. The more the people, the more people use that to set atmosphere and stuff, the the better the hobby will be. So steal away, Kevin, and also listeners, use music in your games, please. Uh, for online games, uh, you guys recommend Roll Twenty Shoebox? I, mean, I wouldn't re- recommend it. Okay, because I was going to say something else. Uh, uh, one of the discords I play games in uses Groovy Bot, and it's pretty good for queuing up. I've I've never had a Discord music bot work. I've seen them work. Yeah, it works. It works. Rhythm work. It's Groovy. I'll put a I'll put a link. 
Um, certainly, the Roll Twenty integrated one is is pretty good. Like it's it's integrated with um, tabletop audio, which does these amazing. I think I've spoken about them before. They do amazing, like ambient, atmospheric, kind of low key background soundscapes. Well, no, it's fine. You just upload tracks that you very obviously have the rights to, of course. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was I was going to go into that. I was going to say, of course, I would never advocate anybody use Roll Twenty to upload copyrighted music because that's against the terms of use. But if you have music that is not copyrighted or that you own the rights to. By all means. Yeah, listeners, you just make sure that you do not upload sounds that you want to use in the game just because you own them. Do not do that. It is bad. Do not do the thing that I'm sell- I'm telling you right now. Do not do it. I, I wonder what he meant by this. I do feel uh, like it'd be nice. Like I always find when I do music at a, at a table, I just have like a playlist going, and, and if it happens to hit a good note and a good tune, then that's great. But I feel like if I was gonna really like blow it up and had like really wanted to you know go nuts i'd like have a guy with a soundboard and his job would just be like every player would have like uh like a like a theme song and that would get worked in in their climatic moments and they know all the cues like that'd be great Evan, it, it's not that hard to do you just pick the tracks beforehand and put them in the thing and then play them like- i cannot count the number of times where i've had music at a table that happened to like that happened to coincide with a dramatic moment in the game as it was unfolding. I mean, that's because we're programmed for that as humans. So I mean, yeah. it does work in our favor. But I think my favorite um, moment of music in a game was, um, so I, I try to do two things, um, three things, uh, music for specific characters, music for specific locations, and then music for fighting and very occasionally for other things. But those are the three that are generally enhanced. And my absolute favorite was, uh, uh, there's a game, not of Delta Green, where the uh, the players have just lost a fight with the Aboleth that killed one of the members of the group. And so they're lying on uh, the roof of the building outside the bar, uh, hiding from the police. And so I had just thrown on... Um, Rain and Dust by Constrabuzz because that's just the, that was just the theme song for generic being in the city. But I remember the uh, the piano hits be on that being just so fucking good in that moment because that because like I, I I don't usually like try to engineer emotional low points because I don't think that you get you guys know me I'm all about just shit being exciting all the time. But that was a very good moment that happened organically and i wish tom was here because he was one of the players in that and i think they did a really good job with that but anyway that's not a game that's delta green that's a different game and uh music is real good you can use it in your scenarios what other pieces because i think if i'm not mistaken we've already done handouts as well we have not but i feel like handouts is kind of its own massive animal so we can table that for now don't know that i agree i think that we can just think think about um I guess if not handouts then what about props? Does anyone does anyone have any strong opinions about those? Uh if you look on the official Twitter account of Greenbox, you will see there's a photo from last year's Gen Con where some mad lad had on one of those blank like plastic um the costume masks and there was the yellow sign involved. So I don't know who that was, but that was pretty genius. For reference yeah. that's Gen Con twenty nineteen, aka the last Gen Con that happened. Hopefully not ever. It's funny. I didn't see anyone wearing masks. <laughs> yeah. That was a good use of that prop. And I think it's not the only one because if I remember correctly, there are other scenarios out there 
that rely on uh, gimmicks of that nature. I'm pretty sure there's one for Call of Cthulhu where you play as um, a bunch of death row inmates who have just cut out their tongues for Nyarlathotep and are all wearing masks made out of the skin of other people. And so the beginning of the game is this very elaborate pantomime that you do where you can't speak and you're wearing a mask that's made of another person that you do at the table out of character, or rather in character, but in real life. And I wish I could remember the name of the scenario because it's very strongly gets at what I'm talking about here with the with ways to enhance the scenario outside of the scenario text itself. You know, or, I'm re- I'm recalling another um, another thing that Kevin had uh, suggested was um, to have someone from outside of your group text message your group. That's true. Yeah, remember I did it was do that uh, for talking so. about bestow in particular, but I'm sure you could do it. Um, for other scenarios, because I was thinking, yeah, involving that, an outsider. Is that uh, that Kickstarter campaign for that game, Alice is Dead, that's supposed to be played out entirely within like a phone app that uh, you play the game through text messages? And there's, um, I, I don't know if you guys have had it happen in your games of Delta Green, but there's been times when a lot of players will be like, I'm texting the other agent something, and like it's kind of. I don't know if it breaks immersion for me, but I'm like, all right, what do you text them? Um, and then like, you have to say it out loud. I think it's cooler if you use like a messaging service, if you're going to do that and just message the other player directly so that you do have that sort of level of secret uh, planning going on. You could outsmart the handler that way. Yeah, I've never thought about having, like give, giving all the players, I mean, I've passed notes before. It's, the same, it's kind of the same equivalent. Make sure everybody has like the, uh has there has everybody's phone number so they can text back and forth is an interesting one because like you know uh you might you might miss the text message like you might not you might be like so engrossed in the game that you forget that uh you know the other person was messaging you and it might have been something important and that's just sort of meta uh part of the game you know miss miss calls unread messages yeah i think that using other communications media deliberately in the game could be interesting uh text message is certainly one there are people in this world who like to play with um, other formats, like people who like to do stuff with old computers or old phones, technology of that nature. So I can definitely imagine people setting something up like that. Like I know that there was a guy who, um, not for Delta Green, but for Mothership, wrote a little browser application that would simulate uh, an old ass like terminal you know, with a with a with an old CRT monitor and stuff like that. And you could do something similar for a Delta Green game set in the old then times, which actually, come to think of it, takes us to, our, to the, thing, the next thing I was thinking about, which is puzzles that are meant to be solved by the players out of character. The first thing I was thinking of is um, the first Delta Green scenario I ever played was uh, Schrodinger's Adventure or Schrodinger's character or whatever. And... Yeah. That's the one that Will ran. And Will, if you'll recall, that one has a puzzle in it that the players can solve using the CIA's virtual Enigma machine. Yes. There's a decoding operation that gives the players the opportunity to solve the puzzle out of character before just using SIGINT, which is that you'll get a clue saying go to the CIA monument to get the clue. And it's very well documented that there's a monument outside the Langley building or whatever that has a cipher on it. 
and it's it's a puzzle that's been long solved. So that all the resources are available on the internet, and you can use it to decode the message that the game gives you. Did, well, I think or I think it's also a world special. But didn't you um, don't you like to print out a million um, documents from that one scenario? And just, oh, artifact zero. Yeah, yeah. Just hand them to the players and let them sort through them. Yeah, I love doing that. Um, there's a couple of scenarios that I can do that with uh, for like news clippings and documents and files and stuff. And that's always that's always fun. I'm thinking it'd be fun to like shred. I'd, I'd want to find a shredder that was like maybe older. So it's not as so it's like a little thicker. So it's not so mind numbingly awful, but like shred a few documents and just hand them like a, you know, a, a plastic bag full of oh like, shredder God, material. I had heard of a guy um, who was running a D&D game and the guy is... Uh, he he actually made like a wood a wooden puzzle box for 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 part of his for part of the dungeon he was doing. Oh, is this one of those like nine layer puzzle boxes? Like, it, it was uh, something like that. Yeah, I don't recall the details. Where but, uh, the person is solving it, and everyone else in the party is like, "Dude, stop!" The yeah. the, the, the Hellraiser box. <laughs> oh no, no, it wasn't like that. It was actually like the solution <laughs> to move on to the next room. Or the one in Lover in the Ice. That if, yeah, uh, yeah. If you try the last time, it just poofs you out of existence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, make that. Um, I've got like a more modern version of a handout. If someone was so apt, they could go ahead and create their own like bespoke website for a scenario. Um, for one of my favorite non Delta Green Delta Green adventures, it's the Call of Cthulhu scenario, Ladybug, Ladybug, Flyaway Home. Somebody actually made a website for the church slash cult that you're investigating, and it has like clickable links and a countdown. Uh, clock on it and then like a bunch of really bad animated like plague of frogs raining down and so uh, when I ran this scenario the players at my group were like looking through the um, the website and actually has like a lot of clues to help advance the scenario that'd and, be you players something to do I feel like that'd be better on a virtual game than a in-person game oh we had it uh, we had it both and you know uh, you know there's people that just think differently people that learn differently um you know, interact with things differently. And it was really engaging for one of the, uh, the players of the group that's more of the silent type, which, you know, like a conventional handout, like uh, like the, the kind I've seen Will use before for Artifact Zero or for, um, oh gosh, what's the, the first scenario in the original Delta Green Splat book with the serial killer with the, uh, in Arizona desert? What's it called? Puppet Show's Shadow Plays. Yeah, yeah. Someone did a handouts kit for that. And, you know, just kind of pour through the documents about the victims and stuff like that. So it's just like, a, you know, 21st century, more interactive version of handouts if you want to make a simple website for the scenario. Is there a big difference between, like, neat ways to give players clues, which a lot is a lot of what we talked about. But then there's, there's also stuff like music and other things, which is just like masks, like which is ways to make the scenario more memorable and evocative. Um, like, are they... I guess I guess they're kind of doing the same thing, but I feel like there's kind of a distinction. Yeah, no, I, I think you're you have a point there. Like, there's some are ambience and some are functional. Yeah, maybe, but if, I don't know. Functional? I don't think functional is it. Then it makes it seem like all the ambient ones are worthless, but then that's obviously not the case. Certainly, they contribute more to the atmosphere and the immersion of of the the the, the table than to actually mechanically interacting with with the game world. But I mean, I I would I would call that less functional. I certainly wouldn't infer that to mean pointless. Yeah. What about um like disappearing ink or something? Like if you have uh like a trade crafty character in a game that uses invisible ink, and then when the players find out 
that he uses invisible ink, the handoff that they've had in their possession this whole time. Like they they treat it with, you know, the heat from a candle or lemon juice or whatever, and then they get like a clue in real life, you know? Well now there's a couple of ways you can make invisible ink at home. Which method would, would you would you suggest, Jake? Isn't there something with lemon juice? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if you write with lemon juice, then heating it will will darken the lemon juice. That's that's the simplest one. And I'm sure there's something you can do uh, that uses like the UV flashlight lens. I'm not saying you should uh, make your handouts with one, blood, but that one. Will Other control. things glow under UV. Blood doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> you could. That's, that's really not the fluid that glows in UV. You could really, really put some love into you. We we yeah. talked about this on a previous episode. Blood is not the bodily fluid that fluoresces in ultraviolet light. <laughs> There's gotta but, be other um, stuff. Though, if you could get right? a hold of that stuff that fluoresces in ultraviolet light, they use for <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So, so what you're telling me though is that um, if you treat blood with luminol, then it shows up under fluorescent light. So if you shine a fluorescent light, no fluorescent light, a UV light on a room, then you don't know if the guy who's been there is a coomer or a loomer. Hey. Oh my goodness. Oh, luminol's yeah, good though for back in time handouts uh luminol that works right you can get ultraviolet ink in basically in basically any like spy gadget store or novelty gift shop so that's another option but uh lemon juice is definitely the more fun one although you got to be careful not to accidentally burn the letter right true oh unless you're you know really getting into the trade craft and you burn after reading yeah i think you guys i spent 30 minutes on that prop what the fuck uh, you can do some neat stuff with video if you have time to prep it. You know, have somebody record or record yourself or one of your friends doing like an interview scene and then, you know, throw some fake, make it look like, you know, su- surveillance footage from the inside of a police precinct. And now you have a neat little, you know, clue that way. If you um, have time, you know, ahead of time to do it. You guys have contributed to a recording for one of my scenarios before. I got my uh, audio recording for one of mine. It was like a flight flight recording for an airplane that was about to crash in one of my scenarios. Yeah. I remember um, I was asked to do some recordings for that. And I was like, hey, you know, I could touch these up to make them sound like an actual radio. And the guy was like, no, nah, don't bother. And I was really sad. <laughs> yeah, I just dropped that link down there for you. Because I think it's, you know, it's it's there's a certain degree of preparation and like intentionality in having to put a lot of effort into handouts ahead of time. And hopefully players appreciate it. If not... Find another group. <laughs> yeah, if not, fuck them. That's good. I'll say I, I would never do it because I think it's dangerous and disingenuous. But it would be really interesting to provide your players with a meal during the game and have some sort of a clue hidden in the food. Oh my god! Like a la a wedding ring, but I always feel like yeah, it just really bites it? and wrecks their teeth. Let's swallow it. Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know how I would do it safely, but that would be a really great reveal. Oh, that's not pepperoni. That's uh, that's uh, the last agent, you know. Yeah, I, I like that idea, but I also share your concerns about feasibility. Yeah, there's a, there's a couple of like scenarios that are based around whether or not the agents want to partake in something. Max, you have that one uh, with the, the feast with Megan Brenner. Night visions. Yeah, night visions. Oh so, man, you can you can stop, stop night visions right at that part and then do a big meal. <laughs> like have the pizza delivery show up at that, uh, that time and then just make it all perfect. meaty. Reverberations <laughs> has that uh, that meat pie that the Chochos like to eat. That's super cool that you guys are positing all these hypotheticals. Um, maybe instead of that, we could do a scenario where um, 
when you drink in the game, you have to drink in real life. Oh, wait, that's exactly what I'm doing. Oh, my God. Tell us more. Yeah. So um, the 11th, the 11th cup is the one I'm working on right now. And uh, in the 11th cup, you can uh, it's very difficult, very hard to survive. But you can buy as many rerolls as you like. You just have to drink every time you do, because in order to make reality bend to your will, you have to drink all the moon wine. And drinking the moon wine makes you intoxicated. I love this. And um, I'm in. There's a rule that if you are too intoxicated to perform a game function out of character, then you fail at it. And if the handler is too intoxicated to form, perform a game function, you automatically succeed. You know, when, when the gun, when the agents pull a gun on their case officer and you're seated at the table and you pull a gun on the handler in real life, it's, it's the same thing, right? We're, we're blurring the, uh, the lines. Yeah, yeah, same the, thing. The game and reality. Where lies the line? I think that's one of the reasons why I like, you know, these handouts and these player enhancements because it just makes things more immersive. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that reminds me, we watched uh, Come and See, which is like a 1985 Soviet uh, anti-war movie that plays more like a horror movie. But one of Sasha the... Gray, Riley Reed. Oh, well, never mind, a different movie. Oh, boy. I don't know if it was an anti-war movie so much as an anti-being invaded by Nazis movie. Right. Um, but one of the... One of the th- the director could put like Stanley Kubrick to shame because one of the things that actually happened is there's a scene in a field where there's like a machine gun firing over overhead, but they were using real bullets. It wasn't like blanks or you know anything edited in. They were using real real bullets, and it was genuine fear <laughs> in, in the young actors. Like <laughs> just a little tangent there about blurring the lines between uh, fiction and reality. What, what's like a handout or like a technique or something that would make you really afraid uh, in a horror scenario like this? Because I've thought about like a like a cheap thing to do would be for like a, a scenario where there's spiders. You, you put like a fake spider underneath someone's like character sheet when they're not looking. That's that's mean. <laughs> and I You'd have to it. really know your. your yeah, like, yeah, of I, course. I, I wouldn't do that as somebody who generally is afraid of spiders. So you'd have to really know your 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 uh your group i don't know i mean i don't play around double green for the horror aspect so that none none of this resonates (laughs) you gotta let yourself be afraid sometimes yeah i don't know i can't really uh oh oh okay i just thought of something off the top of my head um like you have your handouts right and they have all this information that the players are supposed to read through and like come up with the plans and ideas and stuff and you could like gaslight the players by subtly switching out the handouts to where they read differently but they look mostly the same <laughs> so like for your uh, just as an example of your artifact zero handouts that have all the people's names and like times and places that they were but like uh, you replace the handouts with something that reads differently and that's good for maybe a scenario about um, like con- like like sound of thunder type things where consequences and uh, uh, you know different events happening because of uh, like cause causation Damn, I'm gonna go write this now. Except I'm, I'm not. <laughs> okay. Is that, you just burn yourself. Yeah. Maybe one day I'll finish the Delta Green project. One day. Uh, do we have anything else? It's okay. I can't think of anything. I think you got more options in person because you can control the environment a lot more. And control the. You For know, sure. Yeah. If everyone's coming to your apartment to do it, then you have, you know, you could do all sorts of stuff. Whereas if you're online, you know, but then again, online you could do different stuff with like web pages and other other things 
Oh, I saw a Reddit or a, a video the other day, um, basically just like someone who was summarizing like Ask Reddit threads. Um, and it was like, what are some things you can do to mess with people? And one of them was that they planted a Bluetooth speaker in their roommate's room, like inside of a drawer or a cabinet or something. And they made it play music at a really, really low volume. Uh-huh. So that's something that you might be able to do uh, in real life. <laughs> we, uh, uh, at my old unit, my old Coast Guard station, we hid a radio in the ceiling above the watchstander. And then every whenever you wanted to mess with them, we would just take the other radio that was around and on the same channel and make noises. And we would dutifully swap out. Like, it was always tried, always ready to go. It lasted quite some time. Uh, I don't understand. What did you What did you do to him? What I mean, I just made him think he was hearing shit. Oh, okay. And you're in a room full of radios, so when you hear an odd transition, you're not going to, you know, jump up on the desk and climb into the ceiling and look for the fake radio. You're going to, like, try to figure out where it came from. Right. So uh, we mentioned all these things or something. Like, a lot of them play out better, like, when you're playing an in-person game. So um, take advantage of not being able to have in-person games because you're quarantining, you're isolating, or whatever, to make these plans and plans and preparations. Did she have a stroke there? Just a tongue-tied, tongue-twister. Did she have another one there? Yes. Yeah. Jake, are you are you okay? Look, I just got done with like yeah. a two-hour, no, it's a correction, three-hour Zoom class uh, on a project you, that you I'm smell, holding. Does anyone smell burning toast? For. <laughs> and I'm just a little uh, brain-fried. Is that a country-western song? No, that's, uh, I don't know. <laughs>